0: Ladies and gentlemen, live from the West Coast, it's time for Ring Talk Live Worldwide. For over 30 years, and still, still, your inside look into boxing and mixed martial arts. You know what? As long as she fights 135
1: pounds, I don't care if she's injecting a horse
0: demon into her eyeballs. Heard live around the world, and brought to you... By the World Boxing Organization. And now, and now, live from the Ring Talk Studios in San Francisco, here's the host of the longest running fight show in history, Pedro Fernandez.
2: into the groove, baby. This is Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Your inside look in the world of boxing and MMA. My name is Pedro Fernandez. Of course, I am the often imitated but never duplicated 34 plus years now, your undisputed heavyweight champion of the Radio air race. Straight up, we're talking boxing and MMA for the next hour, of course. A couple of fights this past Saturday night. Sergey Kovalev back in the groove, but you know, to say he's back in the groove for knocking off a guy that was beaten by uh, by that, that that Colombian guy, Sullivan, whatever his name was, come on, believe me. This was no significant accomplishment. Yeah, he's back to an extent. In fact, he, he's got a win, of course, having been stopped by Andre Warden his last fight, but Sergey Kovalev ever rising to the heights he was at one point in time? I just don't know. Once you lose, once that cherry is broken, folks, things just aren't the same for most fighters. Open phone lines around the planet as we talk both boxing and some WBO, MMA, uh, WBO and MMA events of course, two hours of boxing, hour of boxing, hour of MMA. And, of course, don't forget, folks, we've got open phone lines all around the planet. 1-800- 878- -878 878-7529. That's 1-800- 878- 7-5-2-9. Seven five two nine, and uh, this—I've got a hard time with this guy's name, but he's now forty-nine and zero. He's chasing Floyd Mayweather. Oh boy! You know Floyd's forty-nine and zero, and Floyd did bite, beat forty-nine breathing fighters to become forty-nine and zero. But that fiftieth fighter he beat, Conor McGregor—that shouldn't count as a bo- It shouldn't count as a win on your boxing record. It should count as a blight. I mean, he never boxed before, and I keep—I keep making the same analogy, folks. Call somebody to paint your house. You call a painter, he's going to paint half of it. You call an electrician, he's going to paint the other half. Who's going to do the better job? Who's going to prevail? The painter, obviously, just like the boxer and the MMA guy when they're fighting in the boxing ring. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide on Sports Byline and SB Nation Radio Sports.
3: I never knew how to smile Till you came into my life
0: And these are the arms that long to-
4: And now, today's General Steel building tip. Buy a large lot with a friend or family member that can be split into two smaller lots. Some of the most appealing properties may be much larger than what you want or can afford, yet the seller may not be willing to break up a large parcel. So, if you can share the cost with someone else, preferably someone you don't mind having as a neighbor, you may be able to pick up a great building site for a reasonable price. And now, a word from General Steel. Stocks are soaring, and construction
5: spending across America has been on the rise. If you've been waiting to build, the time is now. Whether you want to expand your business or you want to build a new garage, call General Steel today. Our metal buildings are custom designed for your needs. For example, a 40 by 60 is a great space for an auto shop or a three-car garage. And if you call General Steel today, it's on sale now for under $25,000. Call 844-91-STEEL. 844-91-STEEL. That's 844-91-STEEL and
7: Call right now. That number is 800-485-6003.
8: Can I just give you one postscript? After that fight, I thought of something the great sports writer Red
7: Smith once wrote.
8: If you want to find out who won a close fight, ask
0: a nine-year-old kid. Now, more of Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez. He
9: is the greatest fighter of all times next to me.
10: Has a step going strong, lot of things going on. The man on the aisle has an air of great power. The dudes have ended him for
2: so long. Oh the super cow. He was on the top of the mountain for quite a long time, folks. Talk with the godfather, of course, of the HBO boxing team, Larry Merchant. Larry, very good morning to you, sir. <sighs>
8: Uh, good morning, Pedro. What do we have in our empty minds on this uh, fine Sunday You know,
2: morning? I was looking, at, I just happened to cross by the WBA website, and it cracks me up that the WBA regrets the death of Francisco Ruiz. And regrets, is this just a language problem, or do they just don't know English? I mean,
8: that's sort of a wrong word to use, isn't it? Regrets? Regrets. <laughs> well, I'm not sure what the worst word is what the better word is in that situation, and it's it's just uh, a boxing um, corporate uh, term group response to something that um, probably was awful.
2: Good Have you got a chance to see, I, I didn't know this, and maybe you knew it, but, They've got some other heavyweight champions out there. You and I were of the opinion that it was uh, Anthony Joshua, Deontay Wilder, and, 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 um, and Joseph Parker holding the three major belts. But now I just saw some headlines this morning that Manuel Char is a WBA heavyweight title holder. I didn't know who Manuel Char was. Do you know anything about Manuel Char? Nope. See? See? I mean, this, this, would, this it's like boxing is sort of like the Republican Party doing things that nobody knows about.
8: Well, I have the ring ratings in front of me, and there, there's no sign of that gentleman. <laughs> the ring, and <laughs> yeah, he's the
2: WBA champ. Okay, whatever. Um, <laughs> well, you know, fantastic time as far as the uh, I think the heavyweight division is concerned, because of course I'm excited about Joshua and Wilder eventually hooking up. Of course, uh, Mister. And Joseph Parker of New Zealand, a pretty good fighter with an undefeated record and the WBO strap. He sort of stands in the middle there. He was going to be the next opponent for Joshua. He's trying to demand 35% of, a, of the money with Anthony Joshua. When you and I know when it comes to a fight, he's probably drawing, Joshua's probably drawing 98% of the money.
8: Well, you can ask for anything, and it depends on what you want to settle and um, whether a negotiation becomes a reason not to make a fight. There have been many of those. And um, understandably, Wilder is trying to get as much money as he can, and presumably so is Joshua, but Joshua has more options because uh, he so can but. fight Parker. And uh, just last night I read a piece by Dan Raphael in the ESPN that um, um, Tyson Fury is starting to sound like he wants to make a serious effort to come back. Uh, A a fight between him, uh, Fury, who is undefeated after he beat uh, Vladimir Klitschko and then imploded, um, and of course, uh, uh, Joshua would, you, you couldn't build a stadium big enough to hold that fight. Yeah. So there are various possibilities out there and, um, Wilder could still make a living, uh, in boxing terms, but, um, if he wants to get into a higher tax bracket, uh, he might have to, uh, take what? What
2: he what he's being offered? Um, a, a good point. You know, speaking of Tyson Fury, um, I saw a picture of him last night, and he's got to be way about three, maybe he's about three twenty, three thirty. He's got he's got a bigger gut than than somebody who was pregnant with like three kids. I mean, that's how big the gut is. I, I really don't see him getting seriously um, motivated enough to to bring it down because you know he's a bit of a head case. But as all as are a lot of people and a lot of boxers. But he he's a bit more. I just don't, I don't see him ever recovering or, or recapturing any magic that he once had, Larry. And I just think that he realizes even if he was in his best shape, he's never going to beat Anthony Joshua.
8: Well, you're probably right. Um, the only other uh, point that should be brought up is that Joshua is the guy that Fury was supposed to be a British heavyweight champion uh, with some big personality and marketing value. And Joshua is now the most popular athlete in Great Britain. And that may be uh, an inspiration or motivation for Fury to try to come back but he would obviously have to fight a couple or three times uh, to, uh, to convince anybody that he's uh, truly serious and capable of making the comeback.
2: I remember one time I was in the gym with <clears throat> one of the greatest fighters of all time, and I won't mention his name, but he's from South America, and he walked into the gym for a welterweight fight at 203 pounds. And I looked at him, and I said to him, how in the F are you going to lose that weight? And he lost weight and it absolutely blew my mind. He won the fight. He wanted going away, but Larry, imagine that losing fifty six pounds in six weeks.
8: Holy cow! Yeah, well, you know that kind of ext- extreme weight loss um, is not unusual in boxing, but if you're fighting somebody who's capable, it that can be deadly. Um, there are a lot of guys who walk around uh, three, four uh, divisions above their fighting weight Mm -hmm. and are always fighting the scale as much or more than they're fighting their opponents. And it's just a fact of life in in boxing that uh, fighters try to fight at the lowest possible effective weight Uh, because because Larry, I was money in a higher weight division.
2: Yeah, because Larry, you can beat guys up at one. I could beat guys up at one forty, but at one forty-seven, I struggled because of the size differential. It was
8: was, right. Well, and and we've seen a lot of fighters who um, can't make those leaps. That suddenly, the power they had, the the punches they could withstand. Um. The, the the whole uh, um, uh, thing falls apart, the equation of your strength and speed against a bigger guy. At the same time, the the, the truly elite fighters uh, usually have to move up in weight to find, uh, a, a, a decent competition, and B, the money that uh, frequently goes with
2: it because there is uh, some peril. You you know, Larry, I chuckled as I rolled through the uh, Northern California walkways back in 1984, and then they sent me to the Nationals, and I fought this guy when we finally weighed in together. I mean, we weighed in together. I was like 42. He was like 47. But when fight time came, he was like 69 or 70. He was huge, huge. I thought it was his brother. Anyway, the bottom line is I didn't fare too well in that match. And believe it or not, Larry, I made 139 pounds the next time without a problem.
8: Well, (laughs) that that was your natural fighting weight. It was
2: a great motivator, no doubt about that. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. The Godfather Larry Merchant. The Hall of Famer himself is in the house, folks. one 800 8-7-8-play. That's 1-800-878-7529. Of course, we're trying to figure out who is Michael Char. Does anybody know? Does anybody know? 1-800-878-PLAY. That's 1-800-878-7529. You're tuning to Ring Talk Live Worldwide on Sports Byline and SB Nation Radio.
10: Clap your hands, sir. Stop being racist. Clap your hands. i part of Texas.
12: Fast, easy, and affordable. Operators are waiting to take your call now. Order today and get free shipping. Just call 800-950-1180. Up to 75% off all the popular brand name prescription drugs and free shipping. Call 800-950-1180. That's 800-950-1180.
11: i got to use some Tic Tacs just in case I start kissing her. You know, I'm automatically attracted to beautiful. I just start kissing them. It's like a magnet. You just kiss
8: I don't need to wait. And when you're a star, they let you do it. You can do anything.
0: Whatever you want. Grab him by the pussy. T- <laughs> I can do anything. Now, more of Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez. If he gets through this dragnet, it's as slippery as a nail and a barrel full of oil. I guarantee you there's no problem. Lots of problems as
2: we speak here in the continental USA. And, of course, anything that happens in the war in USA, of course, affects the entire world. May somebody shine a nice light on us real soon. You are tuned to the Sports Byline and SB Nation Radio Network. My name is Pedro Fernandez. On the line from Southern California, of course, is the HBO godfather, retired as he is. Larry Merchant Larry Andre Ward retired, and I was surprised by that because he didn't tell me. I mean, usually I hear things from Andre Ward face-to-face or on the phone or a text, something like that. I found out via the WBO convention, I was on this cruise ship in Havana in Havana, and they were doing the WBO ratings about two weeks ago, and they go the vacant the title is vacant at 175. So I found out that Andre Ward had retired. But the reason why I bring that up is he picked the perfect time to retire, Larry. His body wasn't wasn't cooperating anymore. He had a lot of injuries. He's had three or four surgeries. He's still undefeated. He made some money off. He made some money in his career. Perfect time to get away.
8: Well, we always uh, urge uh, athletes. And particularly prize fighters, because of the inherent dangers, uh, to get out when they can. You know, when the arc of their careers starts going down instead of uh, continuing to go up. Uh, but uh, given the realities of the world and the money to be made, and 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 the fact that these athletes wouldn't be as good as they were if they didn't love what they did, and if they didn't have a, a community in it, and if they didn't just want to be on stage and so on, um, that seldom happens. Um, Ward is a particularly bright young man. Uh, I think he has a new deal with HBO. I'm not sure about that. Uh, as a commentator, um, he did make a big score. Uh, he was not a natural... Uh, attraction as he was, uh, even as successful as he was in the ring, um, and but he, he made a score when uh, a, a rapper with a lot of money tried to get into the game and 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 guaranteed him uh, much more money than than could ever be earned, uh, and he made some really good paydays. So good for him if. If his body isn't responding, if he doesn't need it in his life and he has other goals, that's great. Um, on the other hand, uh, if somebody materialized who was a natural attraction and uh, and might even be a heavyweight, uh, it wouldn't be the biggest shock of my life if he um, decided to... Uh, Come out
2: of retirement. You know what? I'm going to be on. I'm going to be on the other side of the fence with you on that. Having known this kid a long time, not a kid anymore, thirty something years old, but um, having known him since his high school sweetheart days and the amateurs and fighting at eighty five and ninety pounds and all that kind of crazy good stuff. I just think that he's one of those guys when he makes a decision, he just really sticks by it. I mean, he made a couple of decisions. I won't mention what they were professionally, as far as. His interactions with, with personal people that he had in his, his background before. And, I mean, he just, when he makes a decision, Andre's sort of like, there's no going back on what Ward says. So, as far as him being retired, I'm going to go along with him being retired.
8: Now, well, I, 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 I tend to agree with you that if someone can still do that who is still a, prim, a prime time fighter and talent coming off of a, of a knockout of, of the next best. Uh, light heavyweight in, in, in the world, Kovalev, uh, hey, let's, let's give it up for him. Uh, good for him. I'm just suggesting the realities of the world. Uh, what if Anthony Joshua offered him $25 million to come out of retirement and to fight him? Or if Wilder should beat Joshua? And because he's not as as big as uh, Joshua, um, make a, a better matchup. I don't know. I'm just saying. Hey, uh, it ain't over till it's really over, not till they tell us it's over. And we've seen that over and over and over again. I'm not invincible. Uh, the great Floyd Mayweather is invincible. Nobody's invincible.
0: You just have guys that are really, really good at what they do. And and, and and that's just what it is. But anybody can be knocked out. Anything can happen in that ring, and that's why boxing
8: has the buzz and intrigue that it has, and that's why it'll never die, because
2: I, I'm a huge sports fan. I watch all sports. But it, it's something. It's one thing to watch a team sport,
8: but it's something else to watch two men at the highest level battle, and one may be favored over the other, but you never know what's going to happen. And and that's what, that's why boxing is the way it is.
2: Wow, April, November 2013, Andre Ward. And, you know, Larry, I, when I interviewed him in 2004 after winning the gold medal, and, of course, I was the only guy that they, they they accused me of shilling for him up here, the Barrier Press accused me of shilling for him, so I sat back and waited until he beat these guys who were 15 pounds bigger than him at 178 because he gave up the 165 slot for Andre Durrell, and I just kicked back and I waited for the media to come to me. And four or five of the media guys did come to me and say, yes, yes, you were right, but Andre Ward unbeaten. He's a realist. He's he's he's. How can I put this? He's an over. I don't like overthinkers. He's he's like a chess player. You know what I'm saying, Larry? And he overthinks things. And I really think he's planned out this retirement. I think it's planned out.
8: Well, I, I, as I said, if if there's anybody at the elite level who could say that, do that, uh, especially do that, then I would say it it could be Ward, and you know him even better than I do and I I trust your insight into that. With I just that. want to say the temptations out there can be huge. Um and 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 he might uh miss the game more than he knows. You don't unless crack- he's got already got something that is a good substitute for it. He's got the HBO
2: contract, but Larry, here's what's up. You talked about temptations. This is what sort of got me on this guy about over the years. And I said I've known him since he was a kid, ten, twelve years old. Okay, is that chicks never moved him? He 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 didn't get involved in any weed, didn't get any. I mean, it was just nothing. He was so pristine. It was like, man, come on. I kept saying to myself, there's got to be something not so pristine about this guy. And they just couldn't find it. Like the son of God thing, preaching about God. And I mean, he's all into that. I mean, that's him.
8: Um, I agree with you. And he's a very smart young man. Um, um, in fact, at a press conference, um, a little over a year ago, before he fought Kovalev, the first time I happened to be there. And, he he started to rap about what he called Eastern Bloc fighters, uh, meaning, of course, the Russian and the former Soviet Republic fighters. I had never heard another athlete ever utter, utter those words together. Eastern Bloc.
2: <laughs> he knows the kid. The kid knows. He, I mean, the kid's well versed. I mean, he's, I mean, I wouldn't call him a. A road scholar, but there's not too many subjects you can bring up that he can't engage you on.
8: Well, it's interesting. I never thought of that idea of being a scholar, road scholar. R O A D, a, 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 a young man who's been on the road, uh, been all over, um, and and learned from uh, from inside the ring, and. Uh, come out uh, as a smart young guy and who wants to uh, to stay that way. So I tip my hat. I would tip my hat to him if I wore a hat.
0: Okay.
2: All right. Now, speaking of his nemesis, Sergey Kovlov, a loser, uh, of course, the first time. Uh, would they call it a draw the first time, Larry? No. No, no. no,
8: no, no. It was a very close decision that a lot of people disagreed with. Yeah. But it was a good fight, which is why they had a rematch and, we know what happened in the rematch, and now Kovalev is on the path, the comeback path. They want to see if he still has the fire. And he he fought a uh, an overmatched, <laughs> mismatched opponent last night. There were like four or five knockdowns in the in two rounds. Um, but it's the first uh, tentative step forward in a good division. And um, maybe he he's alive and and well and uh, got the kind of uh, aggressive style and punching power that uh, fight fans love.
2: Yeah, losing to Andre Ward was no shame, no doubt about that. Now I got about a minute and a half before the break, and I want to switch gears just for a second, Larry. The MMA fighters get in they they're put in death match after death match after death match. And, in, in, in like, Sergey Kovalev comes off the fight with Andre Warden, which he loses, and they put him in a fight where it's not a killer fight, but it's a tough fight. Can you see my, my point as these poor guys getting led off to the cage and the slaughter in the world of mixed martial arts? They have no chance at a legacy.
8: Um, well, maybe that's why uh, most people you would meet in the street or in a supermarket uh, could name, couldn't name more than one MMA fighter. Um, including me. Outside of Conor McGregor. You got it. All right. You want to see? I go to a famous outdoor uh, market in Santa Monica every week on a Wednesday, and one of the vendors wanted to bet me on the McGregor Mayweather Circus, and he said, I know the experts are wrong. So we bet $20. And uh, I said, if I lose, it'll be the best $20 I ever lost. I was betting on Mayweather. And uh, finally, this past Wednesday, I collected, I got uh, a a dozen tangerines from him, and I considered the bet uh, fine. All
2: right. Godfather, you got another 10 minutes to spend with us? Sure. You're tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Floyd Mayweather's going to freak out. Larry Merchant's betting on him. You're tuned to Sports Byline and SB Nation Radio.
9: But it comes to us to watch two men at the highest level battle, and one may be favored over the other, but you never know what's going to happen. And, and that's, what, that's why boxing
1: is the way it is. Everybody knows this is how the story goes. She knows she's got everything.
7: Want to fly somewhere? Looking for cheap flights or cheap tickets?
1: At Robert Half, we know finding the right employees is a job in itself. And it's a job we love. You see, Robert Half isn't just a staffing firm. We're people. People who believe in finding the right people to fit your company's needs. Because employees who are a good fit are more productive, more engaged. Finding a great candidate isn't easy. But at Robert Half, we know it's possible. Robert Half, the experts in accounting, finance, IT, legal, marketing, and administrative staffing. Learn more at roberthalf.com. The Lodge at Tiburon
4: is steps from the fairy docks and nestled among Tiburon's upscale boutiques, charming cafes, and unique galleries. Dine at the award-winning Tiburon Tavern, serving innovative dishes prepared with ingredients grown in our very own gardens. Starting from $199 a night, join us at the Lodge at Tiburon and create long-lasting memories. For reservations, call 1-877-614-6068. Join us at the Lodge at Tiburon or go to Tiburon.com. Sports fans, for the best sports gifts there's only one place to go SteinerSports.com. With hundreds of daily doorbusters, some up to 90% off, Steiner Sports has you covered for all your sports gift needs. Steiner Sports is the leader in authentic hand-signed collectibles and official collectibles company of the biggest names in sports like Steph Curry, Aaron Rodgers, Derek Jeter Odell Beckham Jr., Gary Sanchez and more. Go now to SteinerSports.com to get that unforgettable gift at a Black Friday price. This holiday season score big at SteinerSports.com
11: So check us out on Facebook and Twitter at Sports Byline USA. Now, more of Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez.
2: One day, 1993, I think it was, I am supposed to spend some time with Emmanuel Stewart in the Motown gym, the Motown museum, excuse me, the recording studio, where that song was recorded. So I'm waiting for Emanuel outside of the Hitsville USA, and he doesn't show up. So, Larry, I get introduced to the funeral director next door, some old guy who's about 75 or 80 at the point in time. But he knew all about the Motown people, about, about Marvin Gaye trying to box and all this kind of stuff. So I had all kinds of great insight. But, man, my trips to Motown with Emanuel Stewart, just can't forget those. Great times,
8: Larry. Uh, sure, and it's interesting that people from the music and especially the, the old jazz world we're very much into boxing. Uh, I once went into Miles Davis, yeah. who had he tried a little boxing as an amateur when he was a kid in St. Louis, where Archie Moore and Henry Armstrong uh, were from. And we talked about boxing. And I remember him saying to me, I don't get Marvin Hagler. I just don't understand Marvin Hagler. <laughs> mm. And... Later on, I thought about it, and 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 what came to me was this: that in the jazz world, uh, Sugar Ray Robinson was was the main man, the biggest star, and and a part of the jazz world in terms of how he moved and looked and and boxed and fought. You hmm. <clears throat> know, music in the ring.
2: You talk about Miles Davis. One night I was working a card at the Forum, and I just got off, and and I went and sat down, and then Miles Davis was there. So I started talking to him. And Larry, you're not going to believe this, but Miles Davis talked to me for like 20 minutes. I never understood a word he said. (laughs) I'm not kidding you, Larry. I just kept like nodding and going, yeah. And I think um, Ed O'Neill was sitting like next to me. Ed O'Neill was sitting next to me, and Ed O'Neill says to me, did you understand any of that? And I said, you didn't either, and he said no. I said, but well, that's Miles. So you really got to concentrate when Miles Davis talks.
8: Well, um, <laughs> at least we I didn't did. have a big long conversation, so uh, I didn't have to concentrate much. Um, <laughs> and uh, it was just a kind of offhand some references. And he asked me a question, and uh, um, it, it was nice to meet somebody of that stature and who. We're still relating to uh, our world.
2: Now, I remember when when, uh, when I was in Detroit and I was talking with this funeral director, I think his name was Sam, and he was telling me, yeah, he goes, you know, Marvin was thinking about boxing, and I said, yeah, he goes, well, Marvin used to smoke weed and go to the gym. And I said, well, a lot of us did that in California. He goes, yeah, but it wasn't good for Marvin. I said, what is that? He goes, one day he got lit up and went to the gym, and they laid him out, starched him. So he was like out cold for like five minutes, that was the end of his aspirations to become middleweight champion. Well, then,
8: at that point, he needed some medicinal
2: pot. He de- <laughs> <laughs> definitely needed some medicinal pot. Larry Merchant is our guest, folks. Of course, the HBO Godfather, the Hall of Famer, retired. Uh, how's life in Santa in Santa Barbara, Santa Monica? You, you enjoying it down there? You love it?
8: Uh, yes, I do. I I I've always thought, uh, perhaps naively, that wherever I was. Uh, I was there for a reason, and I must have loved it, but uh, Santa Monica Monica has uh, exceeded all my hopes and expectations when I came out here about 35 years ago, and uh, it's grown. Uh, I've learned in life that if uh, you find something that's great, that there are... uh, Millions of people will make the same discovery. <laughs> and so Santa Monica is uh, no longer a sleepy beachside town. Um, but it's, it's still great. I was uh, out and about yesterday. I have a, I'm down at the beach where I bike uh, a few times a week. Um, it's uh, pretty, pretty good.
2: You know what's funny, Larry? I was in Philadelphia. Maybe I told you a story. I was in Philadelphia one day, one morning, leaving Philadelphia, and these homeless guys were on the sidewalk, and it was, like, snow and this kind of stuff. So I, I gave, like, five bucks to, like, three or four different guys. I was really feeling bad. So I went off to L.A., and I was with, um, I can't think of his name right now, uh, one of the retired ring riders. But um, anyway, we're, we're walking down the street, and this homeless guy says to me, he goes, hey, man, he goes, can you give me five bucks? It's awful cold here tonight. <laughs> and, and I said that I went off into a little tangent Larry, Larry I, went after, I gave him the five bucks but I went off into a little tangent I said to him you don't know what cold is I just left
8: Philadelphia blah 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 well blah, blah. it's it's all it's all relative our, <laughs> our infamous marine la- layer which had disappeared for a good long while uh, returned yesterday and my wife and I were having dinner at a place uh, near the near the famous Santa Monica Pier, and uh, we we couldn't see the pier, um, even though it was right in front of us. And it was chilly, and one yeah. of the things I always marvel at is no matter how chilly it gets, and it's all relative. You know, yeah. if you're used to 80 and it's 60, it's chilly. Yeah. And seeing people walk around in shorts and T-shirts, no matter how chilly it gets here has always astonished
2: me well that's like the tourists that come to san francisco it's freezing here okay You're it's right. cold and they're wearing shorts and no t-shirts i'm saying to them, you guys it must be out of your mind
8: well of course you know mark Twain's famous saying yeah the coldest day i ever spent was in one yeah. summer in san francisco <laughs>
2: exactly no doubt about that larry merchant's our guest of course um Larry, there's a big fight coming up. We'll close this up in a couple of minutes. There's a big fight coming up, of course, Guillermo Rigondeau and Mr. Lomachenko. And this figures to would be a good fight. But is there a size differential making this a bit of a not, so, not as competitive as it could be?
8: Um, yes and no. Rigondeau is such a quick, clever boxer that um, he can make it a, not a fight. In other words, it takes two to make a fight. Um, but Lomachenko is a little bigger. He's younger and maybe a little quicker. And uh, this fight gives him a chance to make a big statement because he, he doesn't have the kind of style as uh, Golovkin, uh, for example, or Kovalev, who captures the eyeballs of Americans no matter where he comes from. If you come from abroad, uh you better have and you you, you better have uh, uh, a crowd pleasing style otherwise uh, we won't abide you and um whether it was Julio Cesar Chavez or Manny Pacquiao um or now Golovkin, uh especially so uh does he have that in him Lomachenko? I'm not sure two, both guys have two gold medals Lomachenko. Um, um, I think he r- realizes that uh, he's got to make a strong statement uh, by overwhelming uh, Riggondo if he wants to con- continue uh, to-, to get the appreciation of all the, the boxing uh, aficionados.
2: You know, Larry, I-, I spent a lot of time around Ferdy Bucheco, who passed away this past week. Of course, he. Doctor of Muhammad Ali of Cassius Clay back in 1960, of course, the Main Street gym or the Fifth Street gym down there in Miami, Florida, whatever Main or Fifth Street. Anyway, died at the page, page, age of 89. He he told me some things that I couldn't say until he passed, and now they're sort of
8: racially offensive.
2: How do you think I should approach that?
8: Gee whiz, that's uh, that's a hard one. Um, I knew him, of course. Um, uh, I'm a very smart guy a doctor he, he also was something of an artist
7: yeah. and
8: uh, um, but, but I, I, I'm really not sure about that um, if you're a writer there's a way of writing that without offending people but I believe in, in that ultimately we're all served by the truth and um Maybe the story is well. How did he get along with Ali all those years and other people in Ali's camp? If he had uh, some racial—Whoa, he hated issues. Bundini Brown. That's where
2: I was going with that. Well, he Bundini absolutely Brown
8: was a big, bold, uh, dramatic figure. Charla- was Maybe. he a charlatan? Maybe, but he made sh- he, he he was a nice charlatan. Okay. He was a good-humored charlatan, which is why uh, Ali abided him. Uh, earlier, I believe he was also that kind of of, of uh, clown prince um, in in the entourage of uh, Sugar Ray Robinson when he was a young kid. So he he had some kind of a street magic act, um, big personality. Uh, he came up with float like a butterfly, sting like a bee, um, which made him famous and um um but maybe he he had, there was another side of him uh, that was not public that uh Ferdy Pacheco didn't like. Maybe he led maybe Freddie thinks he led Ali astray, um, outside the ring. Um, well, here's what he told know. me.
2: I guess I can break down some of the stuff he told me. He said some of the times when Ali wasn't in shape, that Bundini would BS him and tell him he didn't have to train, that the guy wasn't worth it, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then Ali would go out there and suffer residual damage that he probably wouldn't have had he been in the best of condition.
8: Well, that, that sounds like it'd be close to the truth. But it was Ali who was responsible, not Bundini. Good point. Um,
11: uh, if
8: it wasn't Bundini there, Ali uh, would have found it, found some other clown uh, to hang around with, and to assure him that it, he was okay, even when he wasn't okay. Um, it was also Bundini's voice that we could hear at ringside when Ali fought Foreman. Get off the ropes, champ! Get off the ropes, champ! Yep. Um, but the champ had a better idea, and he didn't listen to Bendini on that occasion and wound up uh, knocking out George Foreman.
2: And on that, we end our conversation with the great Larry Merchant. Mr. Hall of Famer, have a great day. And do me a favor, say hi to the Godmama for me.
8: You got it, Pedro. Thank you again.
2: Larry Merchant, live on Sports byline and SB Nation Radio. <laughs>
7: now, more of Ring Talk with
0: Pedro Fernandez. Everyone says, I wish I was in your shoe. I wish I was in your shoe. The people, the hundreds
2: of people that wish they were in my shoe don't know the tenth of it. If they were in my shoe, they would cry like babies. Got a text here from Alexander. All right, Alexander. Alexander, come to us from Denver, Colorado. The mile-high city. I love that city, folks. Smoking all that weed up there. 110 million bucks a week. $110 million a month you guys are selling in weed, and it's for the 15th month there. I can't imagine. Little old ladies must be getting high as hell in the state of uh, Colorado. There's just no doubt about it. Anyway, you are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide, 1-800-878-PLAY. That's one 800 878 In the upcoming hour on many of these sports byline and SB Nation affiliate radio stations. Of course, I'm live on the internet. You'll hear hour number two of ring talk live worldwide. We'll be talking mixed martial arts because we'll hear the entire Michael Bisping fight. That's right. Michael Bisping, the former world middleweight champion just fought three weeks ago last night. And guess what? He thought three weeks ago period to the day. And he fought again last night. So he fought three weeks ago last night and he fought last night and he lost both times. We'll hear about his future, if there is one, of course, for the former world middleweight champion. Check it on the usc notes. Do some Bellator MMA as well. Maybe touch back on the world professional box and the fact that I skipped over the fact that a fighter is now 49-0, the WBC 105-pound champion, I believe. So we'll get to that a little bit in hour number two as well. So open phone lines, a big menu, lots of stuff to talk about. You can you can be part of the show if you want. It's toll-free, won't cost you a dime, one eight hundred eight seven eight 878 play That's one eight hundred eight seven eight. 878 7529 and of course the guilt-free text line having given that out this morning 415 275 1613 that's 415 275 1613. One, so I got this text here. No, I'm not knocking Miles Davis. But I mean, if you spent twenty minutes with Miles Davis and didn't understand a word that he said,
8: it was like
2: That was it. That was the whole Miles Davis conversation. We we're watching a fight together, this four-round fight, the LA forum, and that's the way it went. It was a four-round fight. We watched the entire four rounds together. We talked back and forth for four rounds. I don't know what—I was saying stuff, and he was responding. So I wasn't really responding to what he was saying. I was just saying stuff that he would respond to because I couldn't— outside of saying, yeah, 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 I mean, that was it. That's all I could say because I couldn't understand the guy. Anyway, the great late Miles Davis, what a jazz trumpeter he was, no doubt about that. Open phone lines around the planet for hour number 2, 800 Eight seven eight played. That's one eight hundred eight seven eight seven five. John, of course, the UFC's only got one really decent event still to come this year. I'm talking about Max Holloway. Max Holloway, the current world featherweight champion, knocked out Jose Aldo for the title. And guess what, my man? He's going to check out check out Jose Aldo in a rematch. This is a rematch. Of course, Aldo knocked out the first time. Aldo knocked out prior to that in his only 145 pound loss. That was the hundred. And, yeah, that, that was a Conor McGregor. So he lost to McGregor. Boom. And then, of course, he lost that earlier fight in his career, that 155 to some karate guy, but he lost the two fights, McGregor and Holloway. So it's the rematch with Holloway, Scarface, the guy that was dropped on a barbecue pit by his sister. Nice sister, huh? Talk about talk about sibling abuse. She drops you on a barbecue? Come on, if you're going to bop, bar- what are you, what are you, barbecue, you got the kid in your hand, you're standing over the barbecue? What kind of crap is that? Must have been, like, threatening the kid. I'm going to drop you on the barbecue, kid, if you don't wise up. And she dropped him. ha. <laughs> Anyway, hour number two, Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Still to come, Holloway and Aldo. Got to look for a repeat, man. I mean, I think Aldo's done. Stick a fork it in him. Max Holloway is the guy at 145. You're tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. You're inside look in the world of boxing and MMA. If you are joining us for the very first time today, let me welcome you to the Rink Talk family. If you haven't been, if, if you've been with us for like 30, 34 plus years now, you know what's happening. Saturdays and Sundays, 11 a.m. Pacific time, 2 p.m. Eastern time, right here on Sports Byline and SB Nation Radio Sports.
11: say radio news with Ron Taylor
10: this is an absolutely
1: priority that we must focus on in terms of fixing the system. California
14: Congresswoman Jackie Speer, a Democrat leading the fight against sexual harassment on Capitol Hill, says the existing reporting for harassment complaints is set up to, quote, protect the harasser.
10: This is not a victim-friendly
14: process. Telling ABC's This Week, Speer has been at the forefront of reporting harassment. In battle, Michigan Congressman John Conyers announced today he's stepping aside as the ranking member on the House Judiciary Committee. Recent harassment allegations made against the veteran lawmaker prompted Conyers to deny it. He also maintains he will not leave office. Conyers says he looks forward to vindicating himself before the House Ethics Committee. South Carolina Senator Lindsey Graham isn't happy at President Trump for throwing a lifeline to Alabama Senate candidate Roy Moore today. The president is splitting off from Republican lawmakers by refusing to criticize Moore after several women came forward to accuse the Republican of moral misconduct. You're listening to USA Radio News.
9: Hi, I'm Wayne Alaroot. I was one of the biggest critics of Obama in the national media. Suddenly, I was under massive IRS attack. So I hired Sam Landis. Sam did an amazing job. We won twice. I didn't owe a penny. Thank you, Sam Landis. Many of you have IRS problems, and you've spent thousands with non-lawyer tax resolution firms. Do yourself a favor. Call Sam Landis for a free consultation. Trust me, Sam Landis is the best. Sam saved my life. Call Sam at 800-WE-HELP-YOU with the letter U. That's toll-free, 800-WE-HELP-YOU with the letter U. 800-WE-HELP-YOU.
1: Are you looking for senior care for your mom or dad but don't know where to start? Hi, I'm Jen London with A Place for Mom. Nobody knows your parent or loved one better than you, and nobody knows senior living better than the experts at A Place for Mom. It's a free service, and we've helped thousands of families find the right place for their mom or dad. There's a place for answers, A Place for Mom. Call today.
11: Call A Place for Mom at 1-800-379-2206. That's 1-800-379-2206. The White House calls a move by an ally, quote, deeply troubling.
5: The Trump administration's warning Pakistan of repercussions after that nation releases a terrorist who's blamed for a deadly 2008 attack in the Indian city of Mumbai that left 166 people dead. The administration saying Saturday the release of Hafiz Saeed without charges or prosecution sends a deeply troubling message, and U.S. Pakistani relations could suffer if they don't take him back into custody. He's accused of masterminding that attack. and after his release from house arrest a few days ago, he's begun giving incendiary speeches about India. For USA Radio News, I'm Chris Barnes. In
14: Atlanta, it's getaway day as flyers are lined up and lining up at Hartsfield-Jackson Atlanta International Airport is one of the busiest travel days of the year. Atlanta is the nation's busiest airport, and it's living up to its name. The airport has been ranked the busiest since 2000. The TSA predicts today will be one of the busiest ever for the agency, with 2.6 million people screened nationally. This is USA Radio News.
9: Hey, it's Tom Hinchy. For all you trending today, listeners, we've got a great deal from MyPillow to help you get a better night's sleep. I love MyPillow, and I'm getting a better night's sleep. You can, too. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-951-8175 and ask for the radio listener special. Use promo code USA, and you'll now get 50% off two MyPillow premium pillows and two go anywhere pillows. Call 800-951-8175 or go to MyPillow.com.
14: Starting today, you'll see some unusual ads on TV. And as correspondent Lisa Campbell reports, they'll be in newspapers as well.
10: Are you in a fog or did a tobacco company just tell you how dangerous smoking is? Starting today, big tobacco companies are doing just that, advertising about the dangers of smoking. Philip Morris, R.J. Reynolds and others are releasing the first in a series of court-ordered commercials detailing the dangers of tobacco use. The ads are a result of a 1999 lawsuit by the Justice Department charging big tobacco with deceiving the public about the dangerous effects of lighting up.
14: George H.W. Bush is hitting a milestone no other former president has attained. The Senior Bush became the longest-living commander-in-chief in U.S. history yesterday. He's 93 years and 166 days old, beating Gerald Ford's 93 years, 165 days. Gabe Fleischer of the Wake Up to Politics newsletter first pointed out the accomplishment on Twitter. Former President Jimmy Carter is not far behind Bush. Carter is 93 years, 55 days old. Recapping our top story, a prominent Republican taking aim today at President Trump for throwing a lifeline to Alabama Senate candidate Roy Moore. That would be South Carolina Senator Lindsey Graham responding on CNN's State of the Union to a Trump tweet earlier today in which the president ripped Democrat Doug Jones. Well, that's a political decision by the president. He's definitely trying to throw a lifeline to Roy Moore. You can find more news at usaradio.com. I'm Ron Taylor, and this is USA Radio News.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, live from the West Coast, it's time for Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Hey, yo. For over 30 years, and still, and still, your inside look into boxing and mixed martial arts. You know what? As long as she fights in 135 pounds, I don't care if she's injecting a horse demon into her eyeballs. Heard Live. Around the world, and brought to you by the World Boxing Organization. And now, and now, live from the Ring Talk Studios in San Francisco, here's the host of the longest running fight show in history, Pedro Fernandez.
2: Certainly do. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide 6.5. Make that seven minutes past the hour. You're tuned to the longest running fight show in history. Ring Talk Live Worldwide, 34 plus years now of radio presence, of course, coming to you live from the Sports Byline and SB Nation Radio Studios in the city by the Bay, San Francisco, California. Of course, I am Pedro Fernandez, the often imitated but never duplicated undisputed, right? Undisputed heavyweight champion of the radio race, folks. 34 plus years now what can I say often imitated but never duplicated did I repeat that yeah and I did it for a reason because that's just the way it is around here all right boxing MMA we could talk that in hour number two no doubt about it but of course the UFC going to Shanghai China a place that I invaded back in 1993 Shanghai of course myself Muhammad Ali a few other people it was a nice party of course the first year, the first time we went to China in 1993, we went through Shanghai, where we originally went to Beijing. And when we got to Shanghai, Keith McMurray didn't have a passport because he sold his passport for 2500 bucks. Keith had a bit of a drug problem back then. So, anyway, he sold his American passport in Beijing for 2500 bucks. He shows up at the airport with no passport. And guess what? Muhammad Ali gets him on the airport on the airplane in Beijing, and then he gets him through customs in Shanghai, and then he walks him through customs in LA. Now, you know, he probably couldn't do that post 9 11. But this was 1993. The great Muhammad Ali. Ah, the memories. Open phone lines around the planet. 1-800-878-PLAY. That was 1-800-878-7529. The guilt-free text line. And Matt, I couldn't figure out that question you sent me. 415-275-1613. That's 415-275-1613. You're tuned to Ring Talk live on Sports Byline and SB Nation Radio.
4: And now, today's General Steel building tip. Buy a large lot with a friend or family member that can be split into two smaller lots. Some of the most appealing properties may be much larger than what you want or can afford, yet the seller may not be willing to break up a large parcel. So, if you can share the cost with someone else, preferably someone you don't mind having as a neighbor, you may be able to pick up a great building site for a reasonable price. And now, a word from General Steel. Stocks are soaring, and construction
5: spending across America has been on the rise. If you've been waiting to build, the time is now. Whether you want to expand your business or you want to build a new garage, call General Steel today. Our metal buildings are custom designed for your needs. For example, a 40 by 60 is a great space for an auto shop or a three-car garage. And if you call General Steel today, it's on sale now for under $25,000. Call 844-91-STEEL. 844-91-STEEL. That's 844-91-STEEL.
7: Call right now. That number is 800-485-6003. Look at
11: Timbo with the boy side kicks. He's got it all. Ray trying to line up his shot and weather the storm. He knows what it's like to have to weather an early storm. Look at this stuff. Oh, what a set it would be Timbo on the back with Lane Mercer in his guard. Look at the it Timbo wins for Timbo.
2: Kimbo Slice. As I grub down my last little bite of breakfast here. Hold on.
8: <laughs>
2: Kimbo Slice. May he rest in peace. Kevin Ferguson was his name. I believe he was born as. Um, his kid has tried to pick up the mantle. Of course, he was a street fighter. that became famous on YouTube. And, ooh, he was knocking out this guy and knocking out that guy. I was never all that impressed with him. I really wasn't. I Having been a street fighter of... um. Mm, a relative note here in San Francisco, having never lost a street fight, and there's not one guy out there that can say they beat me. Can you believe that? I'm, I've turned 60 years old the day before yesterday, and looking back, I mean, talked about these guys We were in the street the other day with some boys out there in the mission I said to me, you know what? None of you guys ever whooped on me. Now, of course, I didn't pick fights with 19-foot 19, feet, 19 foot tall guys, but I didn't pick fights. I just didn't. I was the, you know, the consummate boxer. If you mess with me, you pay dearly. That's just the way it was. And of course, my boxing career began when I was whooping on a guy named Guy Lambert out in front of an old donut shop called Jim's Donuts on 29th and Mission here in the city in the Bernal Heights district of the mission. And uh, the guy had stole my quarter off a pinball machine. Well, you know, I had a choice. Either I do something about this guy and he was much bigger than me and he had these tall shoes on. And the guy was just like, like a giant. So I said to myself, either I do something now or he's going to punk me out forever. So I called him outside, and I beat his butt. And a lot of that had to do with the fact he had slippery, leather-soled shoes on, but that was on him, okay? Uh, The bottom line was Eddie Machen, who was then a retired heavyweight contender. At one point in time, he was ranked number one in the world by Ring Magazine, of course, to fight Sonny Liston. He was Marciano's number Floyd Patterson's number one contender for a long time. Patterson wanted no part of him, no part whatsoever. Of course, Patterson had him... Eddie Machen and Zora Foley fight it out in the battle of number one contenders or whoever they're going to fight for the title. And guess what? Patterson never <laughs> fought those guys either, even though they had, they had an elimination match for the title. Anyway, so Eddie picks me up out of the street and I'm flailing on this guy, just flailing on him. He picks me off the street and I'm another lad. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. And I turned around and it was him. It was Eddie Machen. So all of a sudden, whoa, whoa, you know, you, you're not going to resist. him. Anyway, it's Eddie picking you up. So, he says to me, he goes, you know, uh, you can fight a little bit, something like that, blah, blah, blah. He breaks up. He, tells, he, gets, he lets Guy Lambert walk away. Guy just like struggles away and goes home, walks up the street. And he takes me into the 3300 Club, which is a bar on Mission Street, and I believe it's still there. 3300 Club was on the corner of 29th and Mission. And um, I used to shine shoes in there, sell newspapers in there. Anyway, he brings me in there, gives me a chunk of ice He put on. I said, I think I had a bruise on one of the eyes, put a little chunk on one of the eyes and gave me some orange juice and soda. and, And he's talking, blah, blah, blah. And he's telling his friends, you know, this guy can really fight. He's only like 12 years old. You never see what he, you couldn't believe what he, anyway. So he put me, took me under his arm, under his wing, per se. And he was, you know, he's like, I would guess he was about, 40, 45 years old at the time, about 45 years old. And, you know, in, in towards the latter stages of his life in 1969, 1970, 71, uh, I, th- I think he died in December of 71. I think my primary question serve me correctly. Anyway, but um, he was, um, how can I put this? He was enjoying pharmaceutical pills and maybe a little bit too much booze, and he was sort of like the, the lean-on guy. The, the bar owners and the bookies in the area around 29th Mission would ask Eddie to collect debts for him and things like that. You know, you, did, you really didn't want to not pay up when the, you know, the former heavyweight champion of the world, I mean, the former heavyweight, number one ranked heavyweight in the world, the guy that fought Sonny Liston to a 12-round standstill almost, um, you, you don't want to be denying him. You really don't. So I guess Eddie had a pretty good record collected. So Eddie took me under his wing, and he had an apartment in which he died in. It was in the thirty-three hundred block, the no, the thirty, the thirty-two hundred, thirty-three hundred block of Mission Street, right across from the thirty-three hundred Club, and it was above this Chinese restaurant called the New Light Kitchen. And there was a balcony that ran the level of the driveway all the way back from Mission Street all the way back to the street behind it, which was Coleridge Street. Okay, it was like a driveway that ran from one block to another block. Well, the balcony that Eddie's apartment was on, it overlooked that driveway. And when they found Eddie that morning as he had died, they found him at the bottom of that. He fell off the balcony. They don't know whether he was pushed or he fell. And when they come up with this lame-ass excuse as to his possibility of falling, and i got to ask you this, what do you think? He was sleepwalking, and he walked over the balcony. Wait Put that, in, put that in your memory bank right now, okay? And then you've got the fact that he was collecting debts for some bad guys in the area and he didn't have the greatest reputation in the world. Uh, what, what, what are, what's the greatest chance there, him getting pushed off or him sleepwalking off? Enough said. Eddie Machen, of victim, victim of a homicide, I believe, back in 1971. Of course, I was 6-0 and with him and 6-0 on these little, little beanbag fights. That's sort of like beanbag fights because we didn't put on very big gloves. I remember the gloves were sort of small. You know, but we went out there and we had these one-minute rounds, and uh, that was sort of cool. And I never lost any of those one-minute rounds. I just couldn't. Nobody was beating me up for one minute. No way. No, I, I, that didn't happen. Anyway, went six and zero. And Eddie died in seventy-one, of course, falling off that balcony or being pushed off that balcony. So I didn't box again until nineteen seventy-four. In seventy-four, I came back against a guy named Eddie Smith. Ah, uh, Eddie. I thought he had no ability. I mean, Eddie didn't do anything well. I mean, Eddie just. I looked at Eddie and said, "I can beat." I could beat Eddie. So I convinced myself I could beat Eddie and didn't have to train that hard to do so. Well, major, major mistake. First mistake I ever made in the world of boxing, underestimating your position. Okay. So I underestimated Eddie and Eddie outworked me for those three one minute rounds. So my mother, who had never watched a fight of mine before, was like a little perplexed because I had lost. I was six and six and I had never lost before. So she shows up and I lose this fight and she says to me, you know, you got tired. I said, really, Mom? She goes, I got tired. Mom was a track star at Balboa High School in San Francisco. So she goes, you got tired. I said, yeah. She goes, well, you need to run more. I said, okay, Mom. Anyway, Mom became my running coach. I went on to win four Golden Glove championships, three in a row. Went undefeated three years in a row, 82, 83, and 84. Was knocking out all bums. And I beat some quality, quality guys there. Keith Rucker, Obi Cervantes, I mean, Adolph Trujillo. All these guys were solid, solid fighters. Danny Cavello, how about that? Danny Cavello, they put me in a... 140-pound semifinal Golden Glove fight with him in 1983, and they asked me, did you want to pull out of the fight? That's what they said to me when we were weighing in. That's, that's serious. The, the people that are running the tournament said, you know, they, they told Chris Gomez, you know, this guy's a little rough because he had moved down from 147, and he was killing people at 147. We had, well, I knocked him out by breaking his rib and then shattered him with one shot to the chin, and he was out cold. Bottom line is, I was knocking out all bums there for a while, and as I say, I don't like the labor and the, gold, and the glory days and look back and look back and look back. But the reason why I'm bringing this up is that I stepped into a boxing gym the other day, and I watched the work ethic put forth by today's boxers, and it's not there. I mean, I'm gonna tell you, when I boxed, I only won Golden Glove championships. That's why I was fighting amateurs. So of course, I was ranked nationally in the in the uh, USABF. But I got up in the morning, I would run three to four, maybe five miles. Okay, then I would come home, then I would go to work. Then I would come home for work, and I'd go to the gym, and I'd spar and work out and all that kind of good stuff, right? And then, and then, and then, and then, I went home, and I ate, and I chilled a little bit, and then I went and ran. I ran again. This time, I ran mountains at night. I ran Westboro Boulevard. You guys want to look up Westboro Boulevard on Google on Google Maps. You know what I'm talking about. Straight up. I used to run at 1.2 miles straight up, and I'd do it less than 10 minutes. Good accomplishment. I felt good. If I didn't do it less than 10 minutes, mom was honking her horn. Eh, eh, eh. She was my running coach. We honking the horn on the car eh, 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 eh. she was a she was a monster to an extent, and then I would run across the uh the uh skyline boulevard a one mile sprint and then jump rope for twenty minutes. So what I'm trying to tell you is when I went to the gym the other day and the reason why I went to the gym the other day is that I brought a kid in and I want to see what he had to look like, you know what he had you know'cause he was I want you to train me, Pedro, I want you to train me, I know you've trained champs in the past, I want you to train me, yeah yeah, let me see what you got so you anyway, I tell these guys to go out and run for three or four weeks and then come see me. OK, and the bottom line is well, most of these guys don't run the three or four weeks and come see me. So when they come see me the first time, I just run them into the ground. OK, because you didn't get in shape before you came and saw me the first time. So they leave a little disgruntled and they say to myself, you know, this isn't going to they say to themselves, this isn't going to be easy. No, it's not going to be easy. That's why I've worked with about eight or 10 guys in the last three or four years that I've taken into the gym, worked them out one or two times. And guess what? They decided boxing is not for me. Too rough, baby. 1-800-878-PLAY. That's 1-800-878-7529. Here is the late Cuba Gooding, senior. Of course, his uh, son won an Academy Award. He's a fantastic guy. When I met him in circa 1992-93, all he wanted to do was brag about his kid. So when I met his kid a couple of years later, I said to him, you know what, your old man like spent an entire concert bragging about you. But Cuba Gooding, he was a good singer. Of course, passed away about six six or eight months ago in L.A., the city of Angels. You are tuning to Talk, live worldwide with the main ingredient, live on Sports Byline and SB Nation Radio.
10: Everybody plays a fool sometimes. There's no exception to the rule. Listen,
1: baby, it may be factual, maybe may be cruel. I ain't lying. Everybody plays
11: a fool.
2: Somebody asked me the other day, "What do you do? I mean, what, what when you what do you do? What, what's your concept when it comes to radio? Inform, entertain, and infuriate. That's the way you want to do it, baby. The threes. That's that's the solid three of radio. Because you know, I listen. I don't want most. Uh, I don't want everybody to love me. I mean, I don't, I don't know love that's with my listeners and that. I always like when I've got twenty to thirty percent, maybe even sometimes thirty-five to forty percent of those people out there that just want to hang me." They just want to hang me in effigy or whatever you want to call it. I mean, I get the emails. I know you guys don't dig what I have to say sometimes, but guess what? You're listening, so I thank you for that. Of course, disagreeing me. Listen, disagreement is so cool. I mean, we can all agree to disagree without, like, having to call each other horrible names and, you know, and get violent and things like that. So I think it's really, really cool that I keep getting these emails emails and and texts like that on the text line. Now, main event Matt texted me earlier, and I'll get to it a little bit later. Of course, we're going to do the entire Michael Bisping, uh, Kelvin Gasselin fight fighting segment for today today of Ring Talk Live Worldwide. But um, Bisping fought three weeks ago tonight. Of course, took like at least a week off in between. Got high. You know, I mean, he was drinking his booze. You know, he's a drunk. He loves to drink. Man, Michael Bisping's like Mr. Uh, Mr. Burp. I mean, this is no doubt about it. He's always got the heat on. Um, so, you know, he partied for a little bit and then they said to him, guess what? We can offer you this fight to 24th in Shanghai, China, and we'll give you some good money for you, you get to fight Kelvin Gasoline. And Gaslam was in, on a bit of a roll with the exception of being uh, suspended for allegedly having some marijuana in his system. Could you believe that? He had some marijuana in his system. Oh my God, why didn't we take him out and give him like 75 lashes, you know, like for, for shoplifting in, in Singapore or something like that. Give him that type of a sentence. That's what a lot of people want. People are crazy nowadays. I'm telling you, the entire world has gone to, um, to a world of extremism. It just has. I mean, politics, all about extreme. boxing's all about extreme. Eh, you know, ultimate fighting, that's about extreme as you can get. And, of course, USC rocking and rolling last night in Shanghai, China. We'll go to that card in depth a little bit later. Of course, we're talking USC and MMA this hour, but I want to mention the fact that there is a... a, 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 a we have a problem at one hundred and eighty five pounds. And the problem is that the champion really doesn't want to fight at one eighty five. He wants to go back to one hundred seventy. And Dana White wants him to fight one hundred and seventy pounds. Well, Dana says we have an oral agreement or some type of written agreement, maybe, but it's an oral agreement at the very least with George Saint Pierre gonna take on Robert Whitaker sometime, <clears throat> I believe in February, down in uh, down in Australia, down under. More power to him. I mean as far as Dana's concerned, the card's been set the card's been set. But what if he doesn't want to fight at 185? And I don't blame him because, you know, these guys that weigh in at 185, I say it again, they fight around 205. And, yes, you were able to get away with it with a guy like Michael Bisping who has, limited, who has some limited skills, okay? Um, he, not knockout power wasn't one of them, but he didn't, knock, he didn't hit GSP hard enough to knock him out. This was just wasn't going to happen. GSP made me a fan. Never was a fan before. Never, ever, ever, ever. Don't want to watch any GSP. They told me GSP was fighting over a Ricky Sports Theater in San Leandro, California. Eh, I went outside, you know, and hit on my vape pen or something like that. In other words, I wasn't a big GSP fan. I wasn't until he fought Bisping, until he turned back the challenge of a bigger guy, the then reigning world middleweight champion, and he did so with relative ease. I got to give him props for that. I mean, he built his body up. He had, he had some additional muscle mass. That being said... I think he belongs fighting at 170 pounds. He says he can make 155. He probably looked like, um, eh, he wouldn't look too good at 155 as far as making a waist concern. But he says he can make 155. But 170 is his best weight. So for him to fight at 185, which is a handicap, in a handicap in the world of combat sports can get you hurt or worse. So I'm supposed to take on this handicap if I'm GSP. I'm supposed to take on this handicap and fight this bigger guy because you want me to? Listen, man, I did something for your organization already. I've won two world titles. I held your organization on my shoulders for the longest, even though Pedro didn't like it. But I held you, GSP did this, held held the USC. I was a flag bearer for a long time, no doubt about it, okay? And I asked you guys for a favor. Let me come back against a very well drug test. He wanted all the people drug tested against a drug-tested world middleweight champion Michael Bisping. They did that. He beat Bisping. He defied the odds, okay? So, therefore, he should be able to call his own shots. Not having Dana White call you. I'm t- Listen, Dana White is sort of becoming, uh, I don't want to use the word obsolete, but they can put somebody else in Dana's spot. Dana's just a talking head now. He's like the talking, the face. And that's what it was for a long time. He's like a talking head now because there's some other folks making the major decisions as far as the UFC is concerned. Of course, Dana and the Fertita brothers, both Frank and Lorenzo, and the government of Dubai, which held 13% of the UFC, sold the UFC last year to some company for the uh, ripe sum of $4.2 billion. That's $4,200 million, right? 4,200 million dollars. That's a lot of money. Anyway, was USC worth it? No, that's another conversation for another day. Of course, we, we went down that road before, and I think it was, a bit of a, it was a bit of a sham. It was a bit of a sham. I mean, I think they got took. There's no way they're going to make that kind of money back in the next, next four or five years. They're, gonna, they're not going to make 25% of their profit back. That's what you want to do when, when you go into business. The, uh, the, uh, the goals are to, at the very minimum, come back with a 25% return after three or four years. They're not going to get that. In fact, after three or four years, I think they're going to be in a hole. I think it was the best best tax write off these people about the USC ever bought in their life because I think the value of the game is going down as I speak. And why do I say that? Well, I look at the the USC schedule, and outside of like you know, I mentioned the aforementioned Max Holloway and Jose Aldo fight. Outside of that, being USC two eighteen, eh? You know, the schedule's sort of so so. I mean, they got to fight at the end of the year between two nice two nice uh, female fighters. I'm talking about. Chris Cyborg Santos and Holly Holm. Neither one of we uh winning any beauty contests, but that's not what we're in the fighting for. We're in the fighting to watch two chicks fight, man. And those chicks can rumble. I mean, they're gonna rumble. One's a boxer. One's just a tough, tough chick. We'll get to that in just a little bit. But Holloway and Aldo, USC two eighteen. Check out the card. Pretty good and all. And I'm gonna pay for this one, folks. If I was gonna pay seventy bucks for a card, this is the one I was gonna pay for. Max Holloway and Jose Aldo. Rematch. No doubt about it. World Featherweight Championship on the line. And I've got a favorite Holloway there. Alistair Overeem, taking on Francis Nagu. Nagu's a good looking fighter as far as the heavyweight's concerned. Overeem's a fighter that's sort of like been overlooked in some regards because he was a light heavyweight moving up. Of course, they took Flintstone vitamins. was pop for taking steroids. Anyway, Overeem and Nagu eh, Anyway, Henry Sahuto, one of my favorite USC fighters. No doubt about that. 125-pounder, a flyweight, of course. Uh, the 2008 Olympic gold medalist as a wrestler in Beijing. Wow. He's taking on Sergio Pettis, the brother of Anthony Pettis, the former lightweight champion. You guys are fighting at 125 pounds. Wish Henry all the best of luck there, because I think Henry's the best at 125. But then again, anything can happen in the world of mixed martial arts. And speaking of Conor McGregor, the guy that Conor breeded up for the belt, Eddie Alvarez, the current uh, lightweight contender of the USC, he's going to take on Justin Gaith. Of course, that's going to be a three-round, 155-pound fight, and a women's strawway bout to see a Torres Double T taking on Michelle Watterson. Michelle can fight. That's going to be a women's strawweight bout. Four fights on the undercard. That'll be on, of course, Fox Sports 1, and the card opens up with four fights on Fight Pass. But this, I'm telling you, this is one I think is worth 70 bucks because I'd pay 70 bucks to go see Mark, Max Holloway and Joe Aldo if it was the Oakland Coliseum or the san francisco cow palace or some close arena okay so if you want to pay 70 bucks to go see the fight live it's worth paying 70 bucks to see the fight live i mean on tv at home pay-per-view in the confines of your very own home or you can do like i do be cheap go to ricky's sports theater over there in san leandro california and get in for a lousy 10 bucks 10 bucks gets you in the door i mean hey man 10 bucks instead of 70 plus you said that you know the 70 bucks you're gonna spend on the cable you can buy some Good food, because Ricky's got it going on. Even though he took the Pedro Fernandez quesadilla off the menu, still still haven't forgiven Tina and Ricky Ricardo for that, but they took the Pedro Fernandez quesadilla off the menu. It was a dud. I had it one time. It wasn't all that good. But they got the Willie Brown steak sandwich up there. That's what I want. I want to be named after the steak sandwich. Of course, that's Willie Brown, believes the number 43 former Oakland Raider and a Hall of Famer. So I want a Hall of Famer spot on the menu. Hey, if you can't be at the top, don't be on it. 1-800-878-PLAY. That's one 800 878 So as far as the rest of the UFC schedule is concerned for 2017, um, you might need a little of Viagra. And why do I say that? Because getting up for some of these cards, I just don't know. I mean, come on. I'll go to you. Outside of Holloway and Aldo, uh, they've got an Ultimate Fighter, a new world champion finale. It's going to go down this December 1st. It's going to be on Las Vegas. Of course, that'll be on Fox Sports 1. We've got Aldo and... And Holloway uh, going December 2nd, December 9th, one week later. Cub is going to be a part of a UFC fight night coming to you from Fresno, California. Robbie Lawler and Rafael Dos Santos going on UFC. That's the UFC on Fox card. The big network, Fox, F-O-X. December the 16th, that's coming to you from Canada, uh, Winnipeg, Canada. And of course, the 30th, the big card. When I say big because somebody's getting hurt here. Chris Cyborg Santos, no doubt about it. Pound for pound, the most amazing most intimidating athlete i've ever seen in my life as far as a female fighters concerned chris cyborg santos taking on holly home chris cyborg santos the world featherweight champion going to come down to 145 pounds for this good luck for holly home all i can say is right now right now i am buying if you could buy stock in holly homes uh i kind of put no, you you could buy some insurance if you can bet on somebody, bet on Chris Cyborg Santos. I love Holly Holm. Holly Holm's a nice girl, man. I knew her back in the day. I introduced some of her fights down there in Albuquerque, New Mexico as a ring announcer. So I spent a lot of time around the great Lenny Fescus, his family, and them. Of course, they managed and promoted Holly Holm. But Holly Holm's about to get hurt. And you know, Chris Cyborg Santos, the battle of these two women, she should be arrested before the fight for domestic violence, let alone afterwards. You're tuned to Ring Talk live worldwide on Sportsby Lines. Just- and SB Nation Radio.
11: Get incredible deals on the latest flooring trends at Lumber Liquidators Fall Flooring Kickoff Sale and transform your home today. All prefinished hardwood and all bamboo is on sale, including $1 off per square foot on 17 Bella Wood floors. Get the best deals on the best selection of wood-look waterproof floors like 45% off vinyl plank, 43% off wood-look tile, and 17% off new Click Ceramic Plank. More from 49 cents plus special financing. The Fall Flooring Kickoff Sales going on now at Lumber Liquidators.
1: Filling an opening at your company means more than just finding an employee. You're looking for a fit, a match. Robert Half understands that. We know you need someone who can do the work, someone who complements your culture. And, of course, you need that someone fast. When it all comes together, it makes for a perfect fit. Satisfaction guaranteed. Robert Half, the matching experts in accounting, finance, IT, legal, marketing, and administrative staffing. Visit roberthalf.com for more information. Now more of Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez.
15: Weighing in at 186 pounds, Bisping will have the 4-inch reach advantage. All right, now to get us the introductions for the main event, here is Bruce Buckley.
4: Okay, gentlemen, you understand the rules, you fight, fighting You listen to me all times. time, you keep yourself protected. When I say stop, you stop. If you want to touch gloves, do it now. Let's do this.
15: Indeed, let's do this. Michael Bisping, a little bit
16: subdued here, Dan. He's certainly taking this in his stride. I think he's just trying to enjoy this moment. He's talked about this, obviously, as being one of his last two fights. He wants to retire in London next year. This is just to alleviate some of the pressure going into that last fight for me. And I think he really enjoys these kind of fights where he takes them on short notice. He doesn't have to deal with the pressure in the build-up. And he knows what he gets with Kelvin Gastelum. He's going to start barreling that left hand down the pipe and try and take his chin off. Michael Bisping's been kickboxing since he was a young boy. So he's seen every single thing that Kelvin Gastelum can throw at him. Gastelum, the
15: southpaw on the green trunks. Bisping out of the orthodox stances in black. Gastelum has been a very fast starter in his UFC career.
16: Nice oh, body kick. Big body kick. Michael Bisping with a searching Chip right hand.
15: Nice jab. Yep. And uh, overhand right lands for the count as well. So you told me off the air you thought Bisping might
16: run some clock a little bit, try to settle in early in this fight? I, I think he may, yeah. I think he may. I think the, the deeper he takes this, he knows his conditioning is, is right. you know, unrivaled in the UFC, really. So the Boy, deeper this the fight line goes, line goes, the better the his chances. I felt the same thing. Um, for, for the GSP fight as well, but unfortunately that didn't come to fruition. But in the build-up to this one, he talks about how good that training camp was and that he wants to show some of the improvements that he made in that training camp. And I think Kelvin Gastelum will give him that kind of fight.
15: Didn't seem to be the easiest wake cut for Kelvin Gastelum, who invoked the towel, but was able to make the 186-pound limit yesterday.
16: Yeah, and there was a little confusion. The first attempt, there was, some, uh, there was some towel grabbing going on. But the second time he weighed in, he took his shorts off, and he stood on the scales. And you have my word, he made 186 without a problem. been starting to find the range a little bit here. Two minutes in, nice. body kick for Gastelum. As Gastelum leans in for the body kick, Michael comes over the top with a right hand and just glances across the chin of Gastelum.
15: Jason Perillo likes the footwork and the fainting out of Michael Bisping here early.
16: Bisping using good feints to try and draw the attack. Michael always seems to do well against Southpawls as well. It's that lead hook. He's, he's very good at coming over the lead shoulder. He did it to Rockhold and he did it to to uh, to Anderson Silva. Dropping both men with the same punch.
15: Fans getting behind Michael Bisping here about two and a half minutes in. Oh! Bisping, early in round one.
9: And the celebration is on for Team Gastelum. (laughs) Obviously a disappointed
15: Michael Bisping, as Kelvin Gastelum takes care of business early tonight. And a tremendous show of respect there to the former UFC middleweight champion, who stepped up for the promotion yet again into this headlining spot tonight against a very dangerous opponent. Let's get to the fight replay brought to you by Budweiser.
2: Lights out, baby. Michael Bisping. Uh, say You know, three weeks notice. In fact, Matt was trying to send me this uh, tech, Guilt-Free text line, of course. The Guilt-Free text line, 415-275-1613. But Matt sent me, basically what Matt's trying to say is should there be a, uh, a period of time that a fighter, in other words, that a fighter should have to spend like three or four weeks in between fights? I guess not if he were to take uh an, ins- an insignificant amount of punishment in other words, if he wasn't beat up in the fight and he wasn't knocked out or he wasn't concussed or he didn't you know get all cut up or suffer some you know broken bones or anything like that, I guess a guy could fight three weeks later. In fact, there were a lot of times when Mike Tyson was making that run as a heavyweight contender, of course from the the pretender days to the contender days before the championship days when he would fight guys every ten days sometimes sometimes he sometimes he fight guys like twice in ten days. Just every 10 days, every 15 days, knocking somebody dead. I mean, that's just the way it was done. Activity uh, boosts your confidence, no doubt about that. Now, am I impressed overall with the, the fact that Gelvin Gasson was a winner last night? I don't know, because you sort of heard the TV people say going in that Michael Bisping was a bit subdued. You know, they had this weight limit at 186, gave him a pound, this kind of stuff. So, you know, they were trying to make things easy for, for, for Bisping, who took this fight on last minute's notice and took it for the entire company. I mean, because he, he took it for the company. The company didn't have anybody else to fill in for this. I mean, if you have to dip so low as to where you have to get a guy that just fought, a guy that just fought in your last major event, you have to bring him onto your next major event, I mean, it must be hurting a little bit for talent because I'm looking at the UFC card now and out, uh, the UFC schedule. And outside of that that big fight card, of course, Holloway and uh, and Aldo and the two chicks hooking it up on the 30th of December, the rest of the UFC card looks a yeah, sort of looks like you know a um, bit a of, bit of a yawn.er I'm just telling you. I mean, Robbie Lawler and R- Rafael dos Santos that might rock a little bit, but I'm not a big dos Santos fan anymore. Of course, former lightweight champion. I guess these guys are going to do it at 170 now. And UFC Fight Night 124 is going to come to you from St. Louis. That's January the 14th. That kicks off the new year. The 20th is going to be UFC 220, and they really haven't got a card on that. They're saying it's going to be in in, in Boston at the TD God, in the form of Boston God. And, of course, UFC 220. They're saying all these possible events, possible events, impossible events. Announced, matched, uh, um, Gleason DeBeau and Islam Magacek or Justin Kish and Jin Jong Kim. None of these names. Come on. So what? This is a UFC pay-per-view event. Give me something here. Okay? Give me something here. They're talking about maybe putting together a UFC light heavyweight title fight between the, the the champion with an asterisk, the guy that got knocked out in those last fights, and they gave him the championship back. Holy cow. Talk about a welfare check. I mean, think about this. Talk about this. Okay? You get knocked out. Yeah, John Jones was on drugs. I understand that. So you make the title vacant. You don't give the guy back the championship. Hey, uh, what did you do in your last fight? Your last fight, I was knocked out, but they, they, they disqualified the guy, so the fight didn't exist. Wait, but you were knocked out, right? Yeah. So the fight did exist because you were knocked out. Well, officially, the fight didn't exist. It's not part of my record anymore. They made it in no contest. But wait, but time out. But you were still knocked into another time zone. That was that fight in which you were crying afterwards. I don't want to play the audio, but you were crying afterwards because, you know, you realize there's no match when it comes to you and John Jones. It's basically John Jones' head and shoulders against you above you. He beat you out once but twice, okay? And whether he was on Flintstone Vitamins or not for this fight, man, you knew you were knocked out. I mean, it wasn't no decision type of thing. It wasn't some, well... You know, he was a little bit better than me. No, no. He knocked you out. John Jones is a better light heavyweight. Unfortunately, John Jones is a turd. The guy from the fighting out of Albuquerque, New Mexico, of course, originally out of uh, upstate New York, somewhere around there. Anyway, you know, he's had the run ins with the Albuquerque police bar, and he's had his facts that he's had a a hit and run accident, which he hit and run not once but twice. And how did he do that? Well, he hit. This lady got hurt. She broke her arm. She was pregnant. He left the scene, then he came back and got some weed he left in the car. I left my weed! Can't leave my weed! Had to go back and get his weed, right? Got his weed, left a couple pipes, left some condoms, things like that. You know, all the good stuff that his girlfriend thinks he's out running in the morning. And he's out getting, you know, getting some tail. This is the way it was. A lot of fighters get get laid during training camp. Of course, Salvador Sanchez, maybe some of you know who that is. But some call him the greatest Mexican fighter of all time. But uh, in 43-1, and something like that, lost one fight to a hobo. But um, fantastic fighter, world featherweight champion back in 1982, was coming home after spending the night at this girl's house, and he overslept. So he had to be back by 5 to run, and he overslept. So he didn't want his trainer screaming at him that he was out, you know, taking care of business as far as he was concerned. And he didn't have a fight on, on the schedule, not a real fight on the schedule. He was supposed, supposedly going to fight Alexis Arguello, Battle of Legends, in about two or three months. But that wasn't, uh, he wasn't in training per se for a fight. But he was always training around the clock. He was just a, a consummate trainer. So he was on his way back to the gym and he ran into the back of a chicken truck in his Corvette and he killed himself. So what I say is getting laid can get you killed in more ways than one. 1-800-878-PLAY. That's one 800 878 So the rest of the USC card, uh, the schedule, I'm looking into USC uh, 2018. I'm not seeing anything. USC 220, as I said, January 20th the Garden. They don't have any matches there. Um except for that possible light heavyweight title fight, which is not yet signed. We're only we're two months out on that. Okay, um they're going to Austin, Texas. As I said Perth, Australia, USC two twenty one. If GSP wants to step up and defend against Robert Whitaker, who's much bigger than him, which is he'll be at a disadvantage again. I don't think he should do that. I think he can do it against an average or um a a a a decent middleweight, but you can't do it against a superior middleweight. Because I tell you, I said it again. I fought guys at one thirty nine and one forty, and kicked the snot out of them. Okay, just beat the snot out of them, and went up to one forty seven, and the guys were just bigger. They were just bigger. I mean, I could still beat them up, but not world class guys. In other words, I could beat up the guys in the gym. I could beat up the guys in some of these prelim fights. I can beat up guys in qualifying matches but I couldn't beat up guys in the Nationals. Not at 147. They was just too big. This is Ring Talk, live worldwide. You're inside looking to the world of boxing and MMA. Of course, we come to you each and every Saturday and Sunday, Saturday, 11 a.m. Pacific time for an hour. That's 2 p.m. Eastern time, right here on SB Nation and Sports by Line Sports. And, of course, we come to you, uh, come back at you with the Sunday show. The grand finale for the weekend, baby. Two hours of combat sports. Ring talk live worldwide. 11 a.m. Pacific time. That's 2 p.m. Eastern time each and every Sunday right here on Sports Byline and SB Nation Radio, iHeart Radio, Sirius XM Satellite Radio, the American Forces Network, uh, Cable Radio Network, Channel 2, Stitcher.com, TuneIn.com, iTunes. I can keep going, but I'd run out of time. Open phone lines all around, all around the planet. One more short segment to go. one 800 878 play. That's 1 800 878 7529. Or that guilt free text line, no trouble, no commitment. 415 275 1613. That's 415 275 1613. You're tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. My name is Pedro Fernandez. But if you don't know that by now, what can I say? Ring Talk Live Worldwide from the city by the bay, San Francisco, California, on Sports Line and SB Nation Radio.
7: live to see tomorrow. Secret agent man, secret agent man, they've given you
4: a number and taken away your.
9: call now for your free face-to-face consultation 800-813-9940 800-813-9940 800-813-9940
13: nobody wants to get ripped off broken into or robbed but nobody wants to pay a lot of money to have their home protected either
9: i've got an offer to
13: tell you about to provide home security for your home For a simple rate as low as $19.99 a month, for real, with no installation or equipment charges. And this is from a company rated number one by a leading consumer research company. According to the facts, most of you won't even call unless there's a burglary in your neighborhood or something bad happens. So let's give you a reason. Save money. For as low as $19.99 a month, with no other costs, you can get your home secured. Plus, get a lifetime equipment replacement warranty. You need protection for your home. Call the Home Security Hotline right
7: now. Call 800-587-4281. 800-587-4281. 800-587-4281. Call now. That's 800-587-4281.
10: If you are age 85 or younger Care Network. Call now. You'll also receive information about a free prescription discount card just for calling in. Agents are standing by.
7: Call 800 508 5774. 800 508 5774. 800 508 5774. Call now. That's 800 508 5774.
11: It's scary when you tell the absolute truth about where you're at in your life and you know, struggles with, with sobriety and just 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 everything about me is really out there right now. And uh, it's, it's really freeing to be in this position to just not be hiding anything and, and just get to move forward in my life. And yeah, I feel great, man. It feels really good. Thank you to all the fans who, who stuck by me and who still support me and who are excited for me. Um, it, it, it's, it's just so energizing for me as an athlete. And I really appreciate everyone so much.
2: You lion sack of spit with an H. He is. That's John Jones. Of course, he former light heavyweight title, maybe the best fighter in the entire world, but he has to take Flintstone vitamins. He has to take... Listen, he talked about getting coked up three or four days before a fight. He likes cocaine. Not a good thing. Unless you're getting pharmaceutical cocaine, much like... Keith Richards of the Rolling Stones, because let's be honest, Keith Richards has done some phenomenal things for being a, a drug addict for all the years in which he's been a drug user. Okay, come on. I mean, come on. That's what he said, though. It was pharmaceutical cocaine. Um, I look forward to um, to next week's show. Of course, Ring Talk Live, worldwide Each and every Saturday and Sunday, 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network, 2 p.m. Eastern Time. But as I'm looking back at the world of mixed martial arts right now, let's conclude this shot. Dana White. Needs to step aside. Just the way it is. I mean, he's outlived his usefulness, and so they can find another guy to come in here, and they don't need to. I mean, you're not going to replace Dana White per se as personality, but you can get another guy to go in there and do the job because, you know, Dana's sort of grown long in the tooth now. And when he gets vindictive, like, you know, the little spat he tried to pull with GSP, he's going to make GSP fight. That's what well, we did. a Deal. We did a deal. He was like a little baby. Like, you know, cross, like when he crosses his arms like that. I never like guys that cross their arms. It's bad body language to me. When a guy's talking to you and he crosses his arms, it's sort of like he's a bully or something like you know, that. He's not, not confident in himself. Sort of reminds me of, the, of number 45 there in, 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 the, uh, in, in the White House. Like, kid you not, always crossing his arms. Anyway, Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Of course, you're inside looking at the world of boxing and MMA. Wants to mention this. Fighter of the Year, no doubt about it. We're coming up as far as mixed martial arts and, and, and boxing is concerned. Now, as far as boxing is concerned, people are probably going to say Canelo Alvarez, Janani Golovkin, or Anthony Joshua, maybe Deontay Wilder, but he was off because uh, of an injury most of the year. So we'll figure Joshua, uh, Joshua, Janani Golovkin, or maybe Canelo Alvarez being the Fighter of the Year. As far as MMA is concerned, who would be the MMA Fighter of the Year? I mean, think about this. We've had some great upsets this year. Of course, that's what the world of mixed martial arts, arts is all about. The fact that you get death match after death match after death match. I mean, you're going to lose. I mean, the system is it's rigged against you. Legacy is not in your future if you're a UFC fighter. The legacy is not there. Longevity, legacy, it really doesn't it really doesn't come to fruition in the world of the UFC because of the fact they make you have death match after death match after death match. And you know, you need to build your confidence, like. I'll put it, put it for an example. The former World Light Heavyweight title holder, the man that lost his title, of course, to Andre Ward about a couple of months ago, Sergey Kovlov, came back and fought a guy last night that wasn't the greatest fighter in the world, of course, Vi Chavolinsky or something like that. But Vi had been knocked out by Sullivan Barrera, and Sullivan Barrera wasn't much at all, okay? So what I'm trying to tell you was it was an easy fight after being stopped by Andre Ward in his prior fight. That's the way you got to do it. You can't build a fighter psyche back up, by putting him in, like, listen, you just got run over by a train. We're throwing you back on the train tracks. I mean, come on, man. How can it? How can you? How can you? How can you prosper like that? How can you be successful? You can't. The system is rigged. The USC system for fighters is rigged against them. That's why you got to get as much as you can per fight from those folks down there and whatever they call themselves now, the USC. You are tuned to Ring Talk live worldwide. Check it. You're inside the world of boxing and MMA. Saturdays and Sundays, 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on Sports Byline, SB Nation Radio, of course. Wow, can I keep going? Yeah, I got a couple of minutes. iHeart Radio, Sirius XM, Satellite Radio, wow, the American Forces Network, Cable Radio Network Channel 2, iTunes, Stitcher.com, TuneIn.com. But the bottom line is, my name is Pedro Fernandez, and this is Ring Talk Live Worldwide.